The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In today's gospel, the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray. And he provides them with a very brief skeleton of a prayer that we would recognize as the bones of the Lord's Prayer that we pray and worship. But quickly he goes on to tell them a story. And we know that the parables are stories that Jesus tells as he teaches, use examples from everyday life to explain something about who God is. Jesus reorients us so that the question is no longer, how do we pray? Which implies that there is a pattern or a script that guarantees we can get it right. The better question is, who is this God to whom we pray? A traditional reading of the parable casts God as the neighbor inside the house. And the disciples, including you and me, as the one who comes to the neighbor in the middle of the night. 
in an honor and shame culture like the one that existed in the first century, the unprepared host would have risked embarrassment if he could not provide for his guest. But the neighbor, too, if he had not eventually responded to the appeal for help, would have been shamed for his failure. The best outcome for them both was what eventually happens in this parable. The neighbor rises and answers the need. But when I hear the interpretation of the text portrayed that way, I am really uncomfortable with the idea that God is annoyed by our prayers. And I bristle at the picture of God as one who has to be goaded or nagged into responding to us. I also object to the idea that God answers our prayers to prevent shame from falling on God. None of those images of God, annoyed or reticent or prideful, is how I understand God to be. Scripture and parables particularly invite us to wrestle with their meaning. So I invite you to join me in wrestling with this parable this morning and wrestle with what it says about who God is. One possibility is that while we are quickly drawn into the story of the neighbors, we miss the way that Jesus frames it. Because the NRSV translation of the Bible that we use in worship and another popular translation, the NIV, both translate verse 5 as, suppose one of you has a friend. When the Greek actually translates as, who among you has a friend? It's a rhetorical question, similar to those that Jesus asks later in verses 11 and 12. And when he asks, who among you, the response would be a resounding, no one. Who among you? No one. In that way, Jesus leads us away from the stingy neighbor and away from the father who gives a serpent instead of a fish, or a scorpion instead of an egg. And he leads us to the Heavenly Father, who gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Another way of hearing the parable is offered by Episcopal priest Robert Farrar Capon. He suggests that our attention should be on the word translated here as persistence. Other translations call it boldness, importunity, or even impudence. But the Greek translates as shamelessness. That transforms the image of the one knocking from someone who is incessantly nagging or begging to one who has surrendered. The one who has gone to the neighbor has surrendered any pretense of preparedness or control and placed himself at the mercy of the neighbor at whose door he stands. 
Just as we stand before the cross, convicted by our sin and dependent upon God's grace to rescue us. In this telling, the parable becomes one of death and resurrection. And God becomes the one who meets us and restores us. We are called again and again to surrender ourselves, to die to our sinful nature, our desires and priorities, and to live a new life with Christ. Yet another way of hearing the parable is to reimagine who we are and who God is in the story. What if instead of being the person knocking at the door, you and I are the ones who are asleep in bed and awakened? What if it is God standing at the door trying to get our attention and asking for us to respond to the needful person who has just appeared, raising us out of our sleep to feed the hungry traveler. However you hear this parable, it is clear that when Jesus teaches about prayer, he doesn't demand that his disciples learn a particular form or script with specific words. Instead, he urges us to pay attention to the relationship we have with the God who hears us. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for your son Jesus, who reveals to us your character, loving and generous, not reticent or stingy, Thank you for forgiving us when we become self-centered, busy, or aggravated. By the good gift of your Holy Spirit, empower us to pray, confident of your faithfulness, and help us to respond to a world in need when you call us. Amen. Amen.